0: Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Everything on this list, today
1: in this, the last days, is simultaneous. Well, one might say, you know, uh, we've really become more civilized. Really? I don't think so. Yeah, but, you know, back in the day, they were brutal and savage and... Really? Oh, we might look on the outward appearance to be more civilized. But the (laughs) inward.
0: Today, Pastor Didi continues looking at the list of characteristics that clue us in that the return of Jesus is drawing near. He shares that these traits have always been around, but seeing them all grow more prevalent at the same time is an indicator of the last days and means that Jesus is coming soon. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Second Timothy chapter 3 as he continues his message called Terrible Times.
1: Again, this is protection. He's protecting us from needless pain and suffering. And that's really what the Ten Commandments are, by the way. One has affectionately referred to them as the tender commandments from a loving, tender, heavenly father who says, don't do that because I love you so much and I'm trying to spare you from the consequences of murder, adultery, covetousness. All ten of them. Unforgiving. This word can also be translated truce breakers and it has this idea of breaking a covenant citing irreconcilable differences. Again, this speaks to the family, to marriage, and divorce. But interesting, unforgiving. Well, that's it right there. Marriage requires, it is mandatory, that you forgive. If you carry it, and for years, then what happens is a seed of bitterness begins to germinate and sprout, and it will destroy your life. And again, it's not because God said so, No, it's because God loves you, and He cannot stand to see you be destroyed from the inside out by bitterness, unforgiveness. So much so that when the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, Jesus included in that template of prayer, if you want to see it like that, Forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. So here's how it works, and it does work. I'm able to forgive because I myself have been the recipient of God's forgiveness. You know, as a husband and a wife, you withhold forgiveness, and and then it starts building resentment. God is faithful. He's gentle, patient, long-suffering. I know for me, many times He's had to. This is before email. He he faxed faxed me. You know, remember fax machines? Remember what those were? You know, the thermal roll, and that that roll was long. All the things. Did you did you're withholding? Forget? It, did you forget how much I? Let me. I'll send you a fax. That thing just kept rolling. I ran out of paper. Uh, Arial narrow, ten fonts, a single space, too. I'm looking at all the things that I, and I'm, I'm withholding forgiveness. Wow. Number 11, I need to spend a little bit of time on this, if you'll just kindly allow me to. Slanderous, slanderous. You know what this word is in the original? Diabolos. You know what Diabolos is? You ready? Wait for it. Devil. That's what that means. Slanderer. Accuser of the brethren. Slander. Diabolos. You know what's sad? It's not just Christians. It's pastors. My heart is so grieved when I see YouTube videos that pastors put out and they are just slandering their brother in Christ. And you know what's interesting is, I would say that within the last probably three years, maybe five years at the most, it has gotten infinitely worse. And it's a marker of the last days. Do you realize that when you slander somebody, you're doing the devil's bidding? We just saw that at the end of chapter 2. That Satan takes captive Christians to do his will. And Paul writes to Timothy and says, Pray for them, but they repent and come to their senses. They don't realize that Satan is using them to do his dirty work for him and instead of him. We are never more like Satan than when we slander and falsely accuse and gossip. You're destroying people. And is that not what Satan's aim is? Jesus said the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And there are three names given to the enemy. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's the author of confusion. And he's the father of lies. You know, for me, I, and again, I search my heart, Lord. It's something Oswald Chambers once said, well said. It's not, have you been wronged? It's, have you wronged? So Lord, search my heart and see if there be any slander on my part. Guard my heart. I don't want to do this. I know what it's like to be on the receiving end of this. It's not fun. It hurts bad. You know that saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me? Ha! Are you kidding me? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can absolutely devastate me. Oh, it hurts so bad so mean. Diabolos, slanderous. Number 12, without self-control. I think this sort of speaks for itself. Self-control? Of course. (laughs) Should come as no surprise, given that it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit, and there's no holy. so there's not going to be any fruit of the Holy Spirit. Number 13, brutal. Now this has the idea of violent, savage, murderous. And I suppose in all fairness it could be argued that, you know, people have always been (laughs) savage and violent and brutal. But I want you to think about this. Everything on this list today in this, the last days, is simultaneous. Well, one might say, you know, uh, we've really become more civilized. Really? I don't think so. Yeah, but, you know, back in the day, they were brutal and savage and. Really? Oh, we might look on the outward. Appearance to be more civilized. But the inward, <laughs> number 14, not lovers of the good. What Paul is saying here is that not only are people today not lovers of the good, they actually despise the good. And is that not what we see in the world today? You know, it wasn't that long ago that when you told somebody that you were going to church, they were like, wow. Now you say, hey, I'm I'm going to church. You're one of those. What, do I have leprosy? That's what Isaiah said, a curse upon those who call good evil and evil good. And again, I could bring up all of the issues of the day. Black Lives Matter. That's good. How about Eternal Lives Matter? Not good. Not good. Do we want to add more initials to LGBTQ? I think the new one's what, I? I have no idea. iPhone? I don't know. I'm trying to be silly for a reason. good. Good for you. No. Here's what's good. No, despisers of the good. Number 15, treacherous. Now, this word has the meaning of being traitors, betrayers, in the sense that there's no loyalty, to anything or even anyone. Treacherous. Number sixteen, rash. This carries the idea of being reckless and thoughtless, inconsiderate, no consideration for others. I mean, after all, I love self. I don't love you. I don't care about you doesn't matter. Only thing that matters is me. So rash, reckless, thoughtless, inconsiderate. You know, (laughs) there was a day not too long ago, and I again don't want to bash on young people, but young people had respect for older people. I mean, get this. They actually used to say things like, Yes, sir. Yes, (gasps) ma'am. Where are you from? You ain't from around these parts, are you? (laughs) Oh. In fact, not only is there no respect, it is a, I mean, rude, vile, foul, evil. The way... Kids talk to their parents? The way the younger speaks to the elder? You know, I grew up in an Arab home, and my dad was, you know, an Egyptian. And you showed respect. When an elder walked into the room, you stood up, and you offered them your seat. If you didn't, the shame was crushing. You could not even hold up your head in the community. You had brought shame on yourself and on your family. That was the kind of respect. Not anymore. Number 17, conceited. This has the idea of being puffed up. Puffed up with a sense of one's own self-importance, which again is the result of loving oneself. It's I'm more important than you. And it, it manifests in traffic. Oh boy, did I? No, I've confessed to you. My, I've repented. I, I, God's forgiven me. But isn't that true, though? You're in traffic, and somebody cuts you off, and you become incensed. And you know what's even worse is when they have a Christian bumper sticker. Like, oh. That's why I don't put them on my car. (laughs) But why are you so incensed? Because they cut me off. Oh. And then, they go slow. It's deliberate. I know it is. They slow down. And here's the thing they're driving the speed limit, but that's the problem. <laughs> they're driving the speed limit. Who drives the speed limit? Oh, I get it. Where you have to go is more important than where they have to go. Ah. Oh, wait, wait, I, wait, let me, let me see if I got this right. You're more important than they are. How dare they? Do they know who I am? <laughs> you know what my recurring nightmare is? I've shared this, right? My recurring nightmare. You know how you have those recurring dreams? When you're a kid, the recurring dream is you show up at school in your pajamas. You ever had those? Here's mine. Somebody cuts me off in traffic on the way to church. And then I pass them, and I give them the look. You know what I'm talking about, the look. Let them know. And then I speed off in front of them. And I pull up to church, and I park. You know where I'm going with this, don't you? And then they pull up and park next to me. (laughs) Oh, you're a Christian. Yeah, it's worse than that. I'm the pastor. (laughs) Okay, I'm moving on. 18. (laughs) Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Here again, this should come as no surprise. If you love self... You're entitled to any and all pleasures for self. That's what you're living for, hedonism. And interesting that Paul would specify this one in particular as loving pleasure instead of, rather than loving God. Do you connect those dots? I'm God, so I love me not God. So I'm a lover of pleasure, not a lover of God. If I didn't love myself and see myself as my own God, to indulge in every pleasure known to mankind, then I would be a lover of God, seeking only, listen, to please God. For his good pleasure, to please him. Last one. Having a form of godliness, but, and this is interesting, denying its power. I think this sums it all up. And again, it explains, not excuses, ungodliness. And it explains it as a denying that God has the right, the power, the authority over me. That's what that means. Having a form of godliness, but denying God has the power to overrule me. The power over me. He has no right. That's what that means. Let that sink in. Is that not what the world and even the church has become today? Again, I think of the church of Laodicea. The only church of the seven churches that instead of saying to the angel of the church of right, doesn't say it like that. It said to the angel of the church of Ephesus, right? To the angel of the church of Smyrna, to the angel of the church of Thyatira, Sardis, Pergamum, Philadelphia. When he gets to Laodicea, he says, to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans. It's not even my church anymore. This is the church where he's knocking to come back in. He's, a, he's been kicked out of the church. You know what's interesting about the name? The name is the nature, the description. Laodicea? Combination of two English words, laity and diocese. The laity decide and rule. They have the authority. Not Jesus. They're denying Him the authority, the power to rule. It's not His church. It's the church of the Laodiceans. And that's why Jesus is on the outside knocking to come back in. I wonder, with this list, <laughs> and again, I, I have to ask myself, Lord, search my heart. See if there be anything on this list in my heart. I want to close with that question. And maybe just take it a step further. Think this through with me. What would your life, my life, be like if it was the antithesis of all of these characteristics? In other words, what if I died a self instead of love self? What if I were humble instead of proud and thankful instead of ungrateful? How drastically would my Christian life change if I were? Could this be the reason and the explanation for why my life is in such shambles because of this list? Just stand alone, one alone. Pride. Humility by itself, stand alone, can so drastically change everything in your life, in your marriage, in your family, in your home, in your workplace, in all of your relationships. Just that one alone. Humility. Well, we made it through. Are you okay? I mean, teaching this was tough. I can't can't even imagine you being on the other end of that, (laughs) of this teaching. But it's good. It's hard. I think of when Jesus taught a hard teaching and the multitudes just bailed. Remember that? And Jesus turns to the disciples and says, are you guys going to bail on Me too? And I love what Peter said. You gotta love Peter. He says, Lord, <laughs> yeah, it was a hard teaching, but where else are we gonna go? This is the word of truth, the word of life. In other words, I don't wanna hear this, but I need to hear this. And I need to heed this too.
0: It's easy to read the book of 2 Timothy and think it only applies to pastors. But the Word of God is always inclusive. This means you can glean something from every page, no matter who you are. So don't let your social status, job, age, or how long you've been a Christian hinder you from diving into the Bible. It's full of wisdom that you can apply to your life. As you listen to Pastor J.D.'s message today, we pray your faith was impacted in a powerful way. If you missed any part of this message or would like to hear others like it, just visit inspiritandtruthradio.com. There you'll find an archive of teachings as well as other helpful tools in your walk with the Lord. We always love to hear from our listeners too. If you have a specific prayer request or any questions, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us through our contact form on our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find it under the About tab. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to connect and have you join us for our worship services. Always feel free to bring your friends and family along, too. It's a great time of fellowship and learning about God with Pastor JD. Be sure to let us know that you're a listener of In Spirit and Truth when you visit. You can find out more about Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at our website, Or find us on our media platforms to stay up to date with all things concerning Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Thanks for being part of our study in the book of 2 Timothy here today. We hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth.